Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. We need to be aware that God is observant of what's going on. And we need as Christians, as believers, to recognize that we must worship the God who has revealed himself in Scripture. Not the God that our fallen heart would conjure up and fabricate for us that justifies our ways, that vindicates our thoughts, that merely fits into our world and makes us comfortable. As we examine the second commandment presented in our text, Pastor Ed explains what's really going on when believers create idols. He says it's an attempt on our part to limit and control the Creator. We want to define and describe Him. We want to make Him into something we can carry along with us and take out at our own convenience or hide from our guilty conscience. Listen in to learn that any representation of God other than through His revelation and power is in fact a sinful misrepresentation. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 4, with his continuing study entitled, The Second Commandment. We're going to continue our study in the Ten Commandments. The series is Law and Order. God's law and His order produces law and order in our lives. Without God's word, without His commandments, we wander in a life of confusion, making all sorts of mistakes. The Ten Commandments were given for a purpose. That purpose was to bless us, not to curse us. That purpose was to build us, to build a relationship with us. Words are powerful. In the Old Testament, it's called the Ten Words. Words can build bridges or build walls. And his Ten Commandments were bridges built to the new community of faith, to the new community that God was establishing, the covenant people that he was forming, the nation of Israel. We're reading from Exodus chapter 20, verses 4 to 6. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything, in heaven above or on earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You'll note that Christendom looks at the Ten Commandments, and they divide them differently. In the Catholic and the Lutheran arms of the Christian Church, when they look at the Ten Commandments, they put the First and the Second Commandment together, and they separate the Last Commandment into the Ninth and the Tenth. In the Assemblies of God, in the Reformed Church, we divide them differently. The first commandment and the second commandment we separate. Not to worship any other god and then not to worship idols. In the original text, the Hebrew text, there were no numbers. They were just written in a, in a flow of words. I believe that dividing the commandments as we do is the way it was meant to be. 
Because when you fail to do that, you obscure the meaning of the second commandment. You obscure the meaning of what God is saying to us not to make for ourselves idols in the form of anything. These ten words were meant to bless you and to build you and to help you and to guide you. These commandments were meant to be for centuries, not just for the Old Testament believer, but for the New Testament believer as well. They have application to us today in a culture, in a world that has thrown out absolutes. God says, these are my commandments. They're not options. And as creator, he has the right, the privilege to say to his creation, this is how you must live. We live in an age where people will say, that may be right for you, but it's not right for me, as long as it doesn't infringe on me. We have a thus saith the Lord from God, and his word is the word that will last. His word is the word that will be accountable in the end time. Now I want you to notice that first of all, there is the denunciation of idolatry. The denunciation of idolatry. Why did God say, and why was he so upset about idols? Worshiping idols. I mean, this is at the very top of the list. The commandments begin with God. The first four have a relationship to God. The last six have a relationship to one another. We can't have a right relationship with people around us until we have a right relationship with God above us. It's like the Lord's Prayer. It begins with God and then speaks about us and draws our attention to our particular concerns. In the Ten Commandments, it begins with how we are to relate to God. In this commandment, God is so upset, so angry, so opposed to idolatry because it distorts his image. We're not to worship any other God but God. That's the first commandment. Yahweh is the only God we're to worship. And then he prescribes in the second commandment how we are to worship him. We're not to worship him through anything we've created. We're not to worship him through an idol. Why? How come? Well, Bill Hybels put it this way, and I thought it was a great explanation. He said, could you ask a scholar to explain world history in one sentence? Could you ask a sculptor to make a replica of Mount Rushmore with a grain of sand? Could you ask someone to perform the Beethoven's Fifth Symphony on a whistle? How can you try and bring the ultimate, the greatest, the majestic God into something made with human hands? You can't put mystery into some type of idol. What God is saying in his word is don't deform his image. Allow him to express and explain and reveal himself. Don't 
filter him through our fallen nature. Simply put, don't make idols. In Exodus 24, it says this, You shall not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or in earth beneath or the waters below. When Old Testament people, New Testament times as well, had idols, they didn't think that that idol was God. They thought it represented him. Sort of like electricity. It's powerful, the voltage. You need a transformer to contain it to uh, just make it useful. So they would have idols, and it was a symbol. It represented God to them. It wasn't God, but it represented it. What God was saying is don't make any representation of me. When we make idols, it's an attempt on our part to limit God and to control God. It limits God and it controls God. We want to make God into something that we can carry along with us. We want to make God into something that we could put in a box and we could define and describe him. Uh, that's the temptation that we have. A little girl was in Sunday school class, and she was drawing a picture. It was a picture of God. And the Sunday school teacher said, listen, you can't draw a picture of God. No one's ever seen him. She said, well, now they'll know what he looks like. And we have that assumption that somehow we can capture the eternal. We can capture his essence, who he is. And God says, don't even attempt it. Don't even try it. You know, a little boy was praying and asking the Lord for a bicycle. And it was near Christmas time, and so he was writing out his prayers. He said, God, I've been a good boy all year long. Dear Jesus, give me a bike. And then he remembered uh, the times that he was punished and he had to stay in the house and all the things that happened. And he took that paper and he crumbled it and threw it away. He started writing another prayer out. Dear God, I've been pretty good. But then again, he remembered the fights that he had with his sister and the conflicts that were in home. And so he took that paper and he crumbled and he threw it away. And then he started writing again, and then he could remember all the times he had to stay in and was punished for the year, and he got upset. He crumbled that paper, he threw it in the waste paper basket, and he left the room, and he walked back in the room with a statue of Mary wrapped in a towel. He took it, threw it under his bed, and began to write, Dear God, if you ever want to see your mother again... What idolatry is, it's an attempt to control God. What we really want is a genie, not God. We want someone who will bow to our whims and our wishes and our desires. And God said, don't make any graven image. Listen to Deuteronomy Chapter 4, verses 15 to 18. But be careful. You did not see the Lord's form on the day he spoke to you 
from the fire at Mount Sinai. So do not corrupt yourselves by making a physical image in any form, whether of man or of woman, an animal or a bird, creeping creature or a fish. God said, don't do it. Don't make any images of a man or a woman and worship and pray down. Don't do it. It was clear. The reason is we have a tendency to worship the work of our own hands. We have a tendency to stray from God and to worship idols. God created man out of the dust of the earth and we want to create God out of the dust of the earth. God says, don't even go there. Don't make any idols. Remember the story in the Old Testament with Moses when the people had disobeyed God and they had murmured and complained and God was so angry with them, he sent serpents among them and they bit the people and they were filled with a poisonous snake bike and they were dying. And the people started to complain and pray and ask God, oh, forgive us. They began to turn around and Moses interceded for them and God said, okay, Moses, I'll forgive them. I want you to make a brazen serpent, put it on a pole in the center of the camp and anyone who looks on that brazen serpent in the center of the camp, that person will be healed. And so people would go and look and they were dying and sick and when they saw that brazen serpent, they were physically healed. Centuries later, King Hezekiah was reforming the nation. He was turning the people back to God. And so he discovered that people were actually worshiping that relic from the past, that brazen serpent. They were offering incense to it. So he had it taken and destroyed we tend to worship the instruments that God blesses us with. We tend to worship the blessings that God has given us. For example, some people say, you know, we only have one way to worship God through hymns. Well, we only have one way to worship God through this style of music. We only have one way to worship God through this format in the service. God doesn't want us to worship worship. Sometimes we're so into the book, and we should be into the book, but the book also has to be in us, but we're so into the Bible that we can worship the Bible. The Bible is not an end in itself. It's a means to an end, to know and serve and live for God. And so we have to be very careful that the instruments of blessing don't become idolatrous to us. A church building, an order of service, a type of music, on and on the list goes. Not only can we form images with our hands, but we can form them with our hearts. We can go into our own understanding. And from our own understanding, we can craft a mental image of God that does not consist of really who God is. A distorted image. And so J.I. Packer said, you do not have to make a graven image picturing God as a man to be an idolater. A false mental image is all that is needed to break the second commandment. 
oftentimes what happens, we can go into the workshop of our mind and we want to justify our lifestyle and we want to create a God who serves us and affirms us. In biblical times, they had gods that granted them success. They had gods that would grant them health. They would have gods that would protect their nation. They had gods that would give them good fortune. And so they went to these various gods. And what we could do is even though we don't go to our parks and see idols and bow down and worship idols in the public places, we can create idols in our heart, images of God that are unworthy of God, that don't represent the true and living God. What we have to be very careful to do is to worship God in truth. Now, the psalmist in Psalm 50 rebukes the people, even though they came with sacrifices of worship to God. In Psalm 50, verse 21, it says, These things you have done, and I kept silent. You thought I was altogether like you. But I will rebuke you and accuse you to your face. Someday, God is going to judge every single person. Now, he watches us. He observes us. The motives of our heart, the conversations we have behind closed doors, the attitudes that we have. We need to be aware that God is observant of what's going on. And we need as Christians, as believers, to recognize that We must worship the God who has revealed himself in Scripture. Not the God that our fallen heart would conjure up and fabricate for us that justifies our ways, that vindicates our thoughts, that merely fits into our world and makes us comfortable. There was a Christian once and he was witnessing to a lady out of the Bible. He was reading Scripture and he said that God would judge sin and all those who did not repent. And now she responded in this way. Oh, my God would never do that. And his reply was this. Ma'am, you're right. Your God would never do that. The problem is, is that your God doesn't exist. We can create a God that simply doesn't exist. Psalm 50, go back to that passage of Scripture. Let me read that verse again, and then a previous verse. These things you have done, and I kept silent. You thought I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and accuse you to your face. See, they were living a lie and trying to worship God. They were involved in all these things that God was displeased with, and yet at the same time, they thought that they were acceptable to God simply because God didn't judge them. Sometimes we make the mistake because God seems to be silent because He isn't judging sin, and apparently to us, we think that He's not there. He is. He is. Listen to what Psalm 50 verse 17 says, several verses before. You hate my instruction and you cast my words behind you. What the psalmist was saying is that they didn't want to hear God's word. They wanted to fabricate a God out of their own fallen heart. And God was saying, no, let my word explode in your heart and it will explode those idols that you fall down and worship. Let my word reveal to you who I am and what I'm like, and then you'll know how to worship me according to truth. Worship me in spirit and in truth. 
God calls us to worship Him according to who He is. He's building a bridge to us, not a wall. He's saying, here's how you walk into this relationship. Here's how you develop this relationship. Here's how you come into this relationship. Don't make any idols. You look at what happens. And God said, don't make any images. Because our hearts are drawn to those things. Our emotions are drawn to those things. We tend to deceive ourselves. Worship of God demands that we worship Him His way, not will worship. That's what the second commandment is dealing with. It's saying, worship Jehovah. Worship Yahweh. Yahweh's way. No will worship. I'm going to worship God my way. No, no, no. Psalm 94, 7 says, The Lord isn't looking, they say. And besides, the God of Israel doesn't care. Oh, yes, God does care. He cares about the laws of our land. He cares about what we do and what we don't do. He cares about all of that because... It seems like he is silent doesn't mean he doesn't know, hear, and see. There's a quote. In idolatry, we have the sin of fallen man trying to fashion God into his own image rather than allowing God to fashion man into God's image. God wants to mold us and shape us to be like his son Jesus But when we have idols, we're molding and fashioning him to be like us. God said, no images, material or mental. No images made with the hand or made with the heart and understanding. God says, don't worship idols. Don't make idols. Don't worship idols. In verse 5, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. I want you to picture our congregation having a wonderful fellowship. We're all in the fellowship hall. Now the masks have come down. Our guard has come down. And we're just frank with one another, open with one another. And so one brother talks to another. Brother, tell me what your idol is. My idol is that new car I've scrimped and saved for and I've purchased it. I give it offerings of water and wax and polish. I just love to sit in that car and listen to it idle. Now, sister, what's your idol? Oh, my idol is my house. My drapes and my rugs are coordinated so beautifully. (laughs) Everything is always so clean. And the furniture is the best. And I make sure the kids don't stay in the house too long. I send them outside, lest they make a mess of it. And it rewards me with the envy of my neighbors. Brother, what's your idol? Oh, my idol is my job. I spend long hours and I work hard and it rewards me with bonuses. The 10 
Commandments are truly an epic part of the Bible. Hollywood has forever immortalized this section of the scripture in a movie starring Charlton Heston. While we know that we can't keep these commandments in order to gain entrance into heaven, what is our relationship to them? Pastor Ed will tackle this question and many others as he teaches through this 10-part series entitled, The Ten Commandments. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845 845- 462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.